Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. My name's Moshe. And I'm Natasha. And you're back from Mars. You know, it was a great journey. I was really excited about it. And uh, the show premieres very soon. I don't know when this episode's going to air. On Fox. And today is a very uh, difficult day for me because you have one of your co-stars from the show. And it's somebody that I'm actually a fan of, but you're actually a friend of. And, and so it's, it's, it's hard for me to, um, to reconcile that. Right. Well, you know, I think the only way to do that is for you to meet her. Bronze medalist in the Olympics. UFC champion. WWE champion? I don't know if she's a champion or not because I do I not mean, follow pro wrestling. This girl's done it all. Uh, the, truly. I would say the the godmother of female mixed martial arts um, and a friend and co-star of Natasha Legero. Let's welcome her. Let's do it. Ronda Rousey. Here she is. Hi, Miss Ronda. Hi. How so you doing? Green to look. I don't know. I know that you're really big into aesthetics after reading your book. So <laughs> is it, is, am I better having like this kind of match with your couch? Green might not be green enough for your leaves. We could we could superimpose our Hermes wallpaper on your office if that would make you really? feel fancy. Okay, yeah. I'm bringing it down. I'm doing it yeah, bring it moment. down. Wait, you made her make it green? I didn't make her do anything. This was her choice. I said we could superimpose Hermes wallpaper. Um, I wore this jacket for you. I thought you would like that. <laughs> I should have bought. I should have got mine. I, I kept. I, that's the only thing I kept was the jacket. 
Um, Rhonda, my name's Moshe. I belong to Natasha. And um, I was wondering how it's pronounced from reading her book. I was like, is it Moshe? It's me. Is it Moshe? And I just have to tell you that this She's is... She's been thinking about you a lot, Moshe. Well, I've been thinking about you too, Rhonda, because <laughs> this is actually a tough day for me because... Natasha and you are like best friends now and she kept texting me how cool you are from Mars or Australia or wherever you are but it was kind of difficult emotionally for me because I'm actually a fan I like I've seen I've seen every fight you've I've every single fight you've ever had although I did lose track of you in the WWE because that isn't isn't as much my thing but I am a fan and now she's friends with you and the triangulation of your relationship has just been emotionally really tough for me yeah so I mean the funny thing is basically I got back from Mars I was like Mars 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 that was just all I would talk about and every every single person all these things and Mitch Pitt and all these different like I know. Mannerisms I, and- I kept talking to Moshe about what happened on Mars, and he was like, "Honey, I think you had to be there." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Base commander, I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> yeah, it was like came back from summer camp. I just had a whole bunch of. It definitely felt like that, but Moshe was always a big fan, and so I have watched some of your I bloody think, fights. Yeah, I actually think that I, tr- I showed her your fights because I, it's like. Uh, when you're into things that I would say your partner isn't, you try like to find man? you try yeah like Burning Man. <laughs> you try to find you try to find doors in which uh, and so I was like oh well this woman well she's like the champ she's a dominant champion maybe maybe I'll get her into fighting and it just I just will say she likes you better in person than watching fights. Oh yeah, I am nicer in person. <laughs> Definitely. But don't tell anyone I have a big reputation. It was a huge bit of uh, hold. <laughs> Wait, so Rhonda, uh, I know that you, uh, you know, you have a very good relationship. You have a new baby. This is actually an, a, a podcast where we, people call in and ask for advice. So a lot of like young people need help out there. But I know that you met, and by the way, we can cut anything out. Just this is not live or anything. But I know that you met your husband you guys are in the same field. Moshe and I are in the same field. You guys are kind of in a weird way, like the Natasha Ojero and Moshe Kasher of sort of mixed martial arts and wrestling and stuff like that, right? That's always what I thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even before you met her, right? <laughs> before you met her, like, you know what? There's parallel out there. Um, wait, can you, sh- can you share with us? Wait, I thought there was some funny story. But anyway, I don't want to ask you anything too personal that might like. Oh, no. So I talk about Chad all day long. He's my person. I I'm... will say that like. People don't realize how, like, not just, like, a relationship gets better, like, the more time that you're together, but it's also, like, when I came back from Mars, I realized we've been together for eight years. So, like, he has, the like, a PhD in, like, my body specifically. Like, he has been studying, <laughs> studying this for years. And anytime you realize something I like, he's like, Chick! you know, it just kind of remembers everything like that. And I'm just... Like, you could never, like, find a one-night stand better than somebody that has been, like, studying you for eight years. Oh, you're this is you saying that you guys had, like, a crazy post-Martian <laughs> sex sesh? Is that what's going on? I mean, That's what we're we really here? missed each other. <laughs> okay, I get it. You're making me look <laughs> bad yeah, over here, Rhonda. Like, are people, like, studying something or something changed? Like, no, it's just missed you a lot. Like, oh, okay, that, 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 that helps, too. But. Yeah, well, we really relate. 
Rhonda, we we really relate to that. It's been exactly the same over here. It's just Wait, been... well, Rhonda, do you, have, do you have your PhD yet? How long has it been? <laughs> I'm in community college for Natasha. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Rhonda, I want to know something. Do you, I mean, do you have any advice? Like, how do you guys keep it after eight years? Feel because you truly act like someone who just met their crush mm. when you yeah. talk about your husband. Oh man, what would I say? I mean. My parents were, I've never seen any two people more in love. Really? In, in so it was life. modeled to you, essentially. It was modeled, I thought, all the time. Oh, and yeah. Like, your dad had a PhD in your mother's body, right? Isn't that <laughs> oh, correct? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, over that. I mean, I, I, a lot of my memories when I was younger is like my mom in the kitchen with like a silk robe open, just like completely naked. And then like my dad would like just grab her and make out with her all the time. And like <laughs> me and my sisters would go, ew! Like there was a thing that they would always make out in front of us. And we'd always, ew! All the time. But they like always constantly showed affection towards each other and were always like touching each other. Not like like the weird couple in the SNL hot tub, you know. They like, were hot ew. for each other. They were totally hot for each other. And they always showed it and they were always like super, super affectionate. And so like that, that's my only thing is like, don't ever like lose that affection. And if I pass by him in the kitchen, like I have to touch him. I can't just pass him. Did they know? like, did your parents like hip toss each other too, but affectionately? Did they do like any throws or anything? <laughs> I think when my mom was saying like in one of their first dates, they were like walking on the beach or something. And he was like saying that she couldn't throw him. And she like <laughs> laid his ass out on the sand immediately. And then. He, I guess he would brag all the time that like, yeah, I met this chick and she kicked my ass. And it was just like uh, something that he loved about her that she was, you know, you never thought about um, ending up with like a super beta, like NPR kind of dork that you could kind of just throw around the room and dominate. Uh, I don't think I could like be with somebody who didn't like push me back. And I, I think I, I instinctively test people and want to kind of push them and travel if I push him and he like pushes me back but in like the most sweet and, and an endearing way and he was like oh you think you could no you know no no you know but uh he, it is never like a no you can't talk to me like that it was like oh you're so cute you're talking to me like I'm something no 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 we're gonna be doing this now you know and uh <laughs> he turns everything around to something oh that, that's adorable when you try to tough guy me but we're going to get Italian tonight you know something like that okay I have a question Rhonda what yeah. is the most annoying thing he does like doesn't he like make a mess in the kitchens therefore you don't want to touch him when you're passing him in the kitchen this doesn't feel like a question it feels like a comment <laughs> on our relationship <laughs> I'm not I'm the, I'm the messy one though that's that's the problem uh, I'm, yes. I'm the one um so he's cooking he's cleaning he's fucking you he's kind of like taking care of business fucking you doctor stuff i mean let's just say i didn't marry him for his money you know <laughs> <laughs> definitely not why you really um, are the natasha Legere and moshe kasher of uh, the fighting world <laughs> well, man, think of something annoying uh i think it's more of like baby related stuff it's mm -hmm. just like take the child <laughs> and like not Taking the, the child as much as I, as, I, as I would like, but I think like, you know, he's busy too. It's not like he's just ignoring her and she's like juggling knives or anything like that. <laughs> um, I think like all the things that would be annoying if I, I find them endearing and maybe that's what love is in a way. Cause like he'll shave and like all of his shavings are like all over the sink and all over the back. Ooh, I'll put, yeah, like, now you're talking my language, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, they're all like have but lotion or something it. and put my hand down on the counter and come up and all the lotion is stuck with, the, with all of the hairs that have been left on there. 
But like in my mind, I I'm the one that gets to see all of his hair shavings in the sink. And this is some other bitch that saying oh my, my husband's hair shavings. You thing. gotta go. Yeah, nobody relates <laughs> to you right now. You're like I'm com- I'm unbelievably sexually fulfilled. Dare I say more sexually fulfilled now than I was eight years ago? He's a perfect partner, and even the things he does that annoys me, I kind of find them endearing. I'm lucky to be able to see his <laughs> shaving. Well, here's an example. Here's here's uh, our marriage in a nutshell. Is it was like four o'clock in the morning once. And I'm sleeping in the bed with Poe. And he's like, where the fuck is the toothpaste? What are you doing? Why do you hide the toothpaste? <laughs> and I'm like, I hide, you know, it's like, hide the toothpaste. I'm like, oh, never mind. Here it is, you know. And then it, it goes on. And then That's annoying. That, but that then that night, me. he was like busting my balls about something. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go hide your fucking toothpaste. And I went into the in the bathroom and hid his toothpaste that the next morning while he had four o'clock in the morning, he's like, Where's the fucking toothpaste? And so that that became a thing that I would constantly at like every night or every morning, after I was done brushing my teeth, I would hide his toothpaste. And so every morning he would like start laughing when he couldn't find the toothpaste. And then I like we put it in all these different spots. I stuck it in a vent on the ceiling. I I like taped it to the side of the toilet. There's like a different spot. We started trying to like one up each other and coming up with like the best spot to hide the toothpaste. And it was just like something to remind each other that we were thinking of each other. And actually he just, when I came upstairs, he was like, found it. You know, he was reminding me that he found the toothpaste. And it was just like a thing that was, I could have been like, why are you accusing me of hiding the toothpaste at 4 a.m.? Maybe like became like a thing to remind each other that we're thinking of each other that we we hide each other's toothpaste. This relationship know. is straight up aspirational. I'm trying to be more, <laughs> I'm trying to be like you. Are you? Oh my god! Are it's, you going to teach? Are you going to teach your kids martial arts? Is that in the plan? They definitely need to all know how to fight. I'm not going to push them to fighting as a profession, but like they need to know how to defend themselves just as. You know, a life skill like learning how to swim. In well, my that's mind. that's such an interesting, yeah. Because we both have daughters, and like the I, we were just listening to this horrifying podcast about this girl who got raped, and she was like pushed into a, you know, she was in a car with a guy, and then in a house with a guy, and it happened. And I was just like, how can we prevent this from ever happening to our child? Like, what can we teach her? What can she know? So, because this girl was just so shocked that she was saying no, and the guy was like you know, kept doing it. And she just, anyway, this is the kind of stuff Moshe (laughs) makes me listen to on car rides. But I was just like, you know, like, aren't you lucky? Aren't you appreciative of your life? That's our hide the toothpaste. You know what I mean? Uh. I listen to like an incredibly traumatic (laughs) podcast episode. But anyway, I mean, all I could come up with is just like telling her, you know, don't go, you know, drive yourself to a date or, you know, stuff like that. But the real thing she could do is learn to defend herself, which is what you've learned to do. And I I don't even, I was never like that. I never was even, I had two brothers, so they did the sports and I didn't do any sports. And I always thought I was bad at sports and I just have never been very physical and just kind of raised that way. But I know your daughter isn't going to have that problem. No, like our, like, it's weird. Like our, family armbar is like an heirloom now in a way. like my mom like developed her armbar and then i took her armbar and i made it into like my armbar wait you have a literal you have a coat of arms literally we do yeah. so like one day there's gonna be a day where i'm like oh day you are going to learn the family armbar i love that and like 
you know, I, I, I want to be able to, well, we have her in karate. Well, we're going to, ch- we have Ooh. our family sarcasm. So that's our, that's <laughs> that our family. Is true. That yeah. is true. She'll be really that, good with a quip. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a cutting <laughs> remark, you know, it's just, I you mean, know. it can't hurt. You can do, really? Oh man. You call that a penis? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will You're say. Like, you know what? I'm not even hard anymore. I gotta go. Yeah. That might work. <laughs> I, I think it would it's better than nothing, but judo's probably better than sarcasm. I think in the if we're oh, gonna yeah. if we made a chart, would I have a question? Would you rather if Poe does go into the family business and she does want to be a fighter? What's a better life? Uh, a UFC fighter, uh, a judo champ, or a WWE fighter? What's a better? What would you wish upon? She has to. You have to choose your destiny now. What would you What would you bestow upon her? Oh man, judo champion. Well. I mean, that's judo around, is not a career. Like, you know what I mean? You can't like make money doing mm. judo, and oh, then they changed true. the rules so much now. They kind of like pussified it. Like, mm. basically, whenever like Japan starts losing a certain way, all of the officials <laughs> get together and they decide to make that illegal. And so, like, wait, really? Now <laughs> the sport is completely unrecognizable to what it was. Like now, it's like Greco-Roman judo. You can't do grip fighting. You can't grab the legs. So it's not. I used to think it was the most applicable martial arts, like grappling style for MMA, and now it's not at all. And That's it kind of pisses me off whenever I watch people do judo now because it's like there's penalties, like everything. So, um, no, I wouldn't have her do judo. WWE, it's like, it could be really political, and like a lot of people that live in this fantasy land so much that they like lose grip on reality because they're in character more days of the week than they're not. It's not like <laughs> you're an actor and you go from like one role to another to another to another. They're playing the same role and the same character five days a week, four days a week. That sounds like school. a sitcom eight, eight, eight years <laughs> deep, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, like, you're like it's, Elaine in, no, it's in like, Seinfeld. What it really is, it sounds like it's like Andrew Dice Clay or like, uh, you know, like when you get so deep in your comedic persona that it is becomes your true reality. Like Larry the Cable Guy, like there's probably little And difference. everyone calls you by that name. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people cheer for you when you come out. At that, so they're like, I... I there's a lot of people who are like completely know who they are and are super solid and are able to kind of live in that fantasy land and not kind of get dragged into it. But I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if I would like, I would support her if she wanted to do it, but I might push her to fight more because it's just like, I would, I, if I had to pick one, I would pick fighting because it's very like black and white of you're the best or you're not. Mm. And it's, yeah, there's like a gray area if you go to the judges, but my mom said if it goes to the judges, you deserve to lose because you put it in somebody else's hands and you had all this time to win that fight and you didn't. Rhonda's so, mom, um, let, let me just say, she was a judo champion and she couldn't go to the Olympics because they didn't allow women in the Olympics, right, mm-hmm. in the 90s. and Until the 90s, they didn't allow women in the Olympics. 1992. Which, women finally, in, in that field. Was that moment when you won a medal in the Olympics, was that like a really special moment for you and your mom? Or was she just screaming at you because it wasn't gold? Or which, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which direction did it go? Uh, I mean, I guess like, Women's judo was officially recognized as a sport in 1992. So it was the first medal an American woman had got since then. But I'd always wanted to win the Olympics. And she was a world champion and everything. So, I mean, I was a lot more happy with it than I thought I would be. But, like, to describe, this is a really good description of my mom. Is we were in the car from the stadium, like, going from the stadium to get dinner afterwards. 
And she goes, so are you going to sign up for community college when you get home? You're going to do that right away, right? And I'm like, mom, I just want to learn about all. The Olympic medal's hot in your hand. <laughs> it's, under, it's under my shirt because I forgot my suitcase in the, in the taxi. And so I, lo- I lost my Olympic bees and my big, everything. But I had the medal on under my clothes. I mean, it is such... That is so funny. It is such a trip being a mom these days, though, because all of the internet advice and all of the, like parenting Instagram advice is like, you know, just like always like talk about their feelings and, and acknowledge how, acknowledge how great they're doing. And it's just like, it's just a different, like you told me something that I have not been able to stop thinking about is that your mom said you could do anything you want in the world as long as you're the best at it. And I yeah. just imagine saying that to my daughter, <laughs> but, it's, but it clearly works because it worked. You know, you got to like to be at the top 0.5% of what you do. So it's like, you and know, my sisters too. I like all pick, we all pick very, very different things to do. And they're all the most amazing at it that you could be. You know? well, so, like, so like, that's what I mean. But like, if you ask Dr. Becky, if you should tell your kid that they would definitely <laughs> say that is way too much pressure to put on a child. I mean, I don't well, know. Dr. I'm Becky can raise her own fucking kid. No, I know, but I'm just saying it's like <laughs> I'm raising my own kid and I'm like thinking about all this stuff because I, I I really want her to, you know, be a great person. Yeah, I feel like the sweet spot maybe is between there are like poles of motherhood. It sounds like you had like the the achiever mom and like then my mom was like on the opposite end, which is like nothing matters. Everything you do is perfect. If you're the worst at it, I will just call you the best at it. That also <laughs> feels like a little too much, you know? There's I- no gold medals in the family. <laughs> I mean, there were times my mom did stuff where I'm like, you're absolutely crazy and I'm going to remember this forever. And of <laughs> yeah. course, I forgot the thing. But I remembered the feeling. <laughs> I remember I tested my mom once because she kept telling me how b- brilliant I was that I went into the into the kitchen and I like drew a drawing like in one second and I ran in. I go, I just, I did a painting at school today and she's like, oh, amazing. And I go, you're fucking busted. That's not amazing. I did that just now. This is all bullshit. It's all been bullshit. It's not an episode of Bluey like that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm living that Bluey life. Well, listen, it's we don't, the perfect episode. That was good. We don't want to take all of your advice for ourselves. Yeah. So, uh, wait, by the way, though, just curiously, are, are you going to, do you think that didn't have a negative effect on you? Like it didn't, it didn't make you feel pressure when she. She's ex- a champ. Expects. I mean. No, no, I didn't, I didn't. I, it made me feel like. It was really strange. I had like a motor speech disorder growing up. I didn't speak in full sentences until I was like five. I was really delayed. And um, I have no recollection of ever feeling like I wasn't exceptional, if that makes sense. Like, I think my, and my mom said there were times when say like, I'm dumb. My sisters have the, like, Jen and Maria have the words. I don't have words, you know? And I guess like she was so worried about me thinking that I was inferior that mm. she always made me feel like I was exceptional. And like my, my dad too, were like, you're going to do amazing things. Ronnie's a sleeper. She's going to like, and so like, I never felt like I was behind. I never felt like that, that I had a problem. I had to kind of find out about it later, how bad it was. Mm. But uh, no, that didn't put pressure on me. It was like every single thing that I did, I was like, I'm going to be great at this. And I just expected that. Like when I started swimming at six, I assumed I was going to win the Olympics in swimming. <laughs> and because my, my dad, you know, he'd be like, you can be president, you can win the Olympics, you know, you're going to do anything. And so, like, I had that in my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm going to win the Olympics in this. And then when I switched from swimming to judo, I was like, okay, I'm going to win the Olympics in this now. And it was never like, 
it was just the way that things were, I guess, in my mind, that they expected that for me. And so I expected that for myself. But I, I didn't feel like, um, like, oh, my God, how am I possibly going to win the Olympics? It's like being a kid and you're like, of course, I'm going to be rich when, I get, when I'm an adult. You know, it, it was like one of those things that, you know, it was like a fantasy, I guess, as a kid. But then it turned into more of a reality the more I worked at it. Well, that's pretty amazing. I know. I wonder. I wonder if Natasha had been adopted by your family, if she would be like a judoka or something like, or if it, I mean, is it the combination of your family's genetics with your family's messaging or would any, would any kid who was raised in the, in your family have turned out to be this like mighty warrior? I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, nature nurture is like a big thing that I see expressed between me and my sister, Jennifer who we're the only two that have the same mom and dad out of the four of us and um we're 13 months apart there's no two people that have been like in the same environment and have the closer genetics than us and one year for christmas she wanted a contract my mother saying that she didn't have to listen to anything about sports or do any sports ever again <laughs> for the rest of her life that's all she wanted and, for christmas <laughs> That's what she wanted for Christmas. Was a promise to never do sports or have to hear about sports or go to any sports thing. Did your mom accept that? Oh, she loved that. She got her master's from USC education, and she like purposely teaches in areas where like that are really underserved. And her kids were testing so well that it, that they thought she was cheating. No, Natasha's asking if your mom gave her the present. Did she stop talking about sports? Oh. <laughs> Uh, no, no, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, here's some my little ponies. <laughs> We're but no, go. she didn't make her do any more sports, though. She got her a piano, and she was, like, doing piano recitals and stuff like that. Well, I love, I love whenever I hear about your mom. I think that that, I, I want, I want to get some of that old school parenting into my life a little bit more. I'm feeling inspired to go put undue pressure on my child. I'm going to wake her up right now. <laughs> you never won the Olympics? Yeah, 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 I'm going to go wake her today? up right now. We're going to do some squats. I'm excited. She raised all of us different, though. You That's know what so I mean? interesting. Like she, what she did for Maria, who you know went to college of journalism and became a sport, you know, an award-winning sports journalist within a couple of years of graduating. You know, my sister Julia, who went to a, a liberal arts school to get a creative life writing degree. You know, and uh, she's still young. You know, and um, but we're still supporting her in everything that she wants to do, and she's kind of like on her journey of self-discovery stage of life of just figuring out what she wants. And um, I think like my mom's really cool about being patient about that and figuring out what you want to do first and not like pushing you to do something that you don't want to do just because you should be doing something, you know, it's just not like trying to make her be a dentist in the meantime. And yeah, so, that's yeah. so hard because, you know, people really do look to you for look to us, you know, the, for advice. And it's like, I, I have friends who are like, their kids are majoring in something because they saw someone on Instagram doing it. And they're just like, <laughs> I guess this is my passion. And, and, you know, my mom would always tell me that she was always like, I'm, I'm really envious of you because you have a passion. And I think that that's really the thing that is, you know, the greatest gift is to like, not to sound <laughs> too serious, but like it, to have something that you're excited about and that you want to do and that focuses you and that makes you get off your phone and whatever is like, that's, Hopefully it's something that makes the world better. Well, that's a great gift, a passion, but I would prefer if we had a Casher Legero family arm bar. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh? You know, we were recently staying at a hotel, and it was a nice hotel, and I had a good time, but I'll tell you what I missed. My Helix 
brand mattress. Oh yes, Helix mattresses are so amazing. Definitely my favorite mattress I've ever had. And here's the thing, we put one in the guest room. We've been having a lot of visitors. The first thing they say when they wake up over coffee is how much they love the mattress. We must be selling them on this show. Well, that's because we have a lot of podcast listeners come to our house and sleep in our guest room. Helix mattresses have a lineup of over 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection. That's the one we got. It's the best mattress I've ever slept on. The newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and our child has this one, a mattress made just for kids. Would it be weird to, like, get another one and switch it out sometimes just for fun? I would love to get another one because I would like to put it on top of my first one and be like the princess and the pea, except all I'm feeling is comfort all the way down. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home, which is why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty for you to try out that new Helix mattress. Also, if your spine needs a little TLC, they've got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils and the base with premium foam layers on top. It's the perfect combination of comfort and support. We even got one for our kid. Listen, I know that you listen to podcasts and they say they love every product. We don't just love this product. We sleep on it every single night and we've never slept better. So right now, what we want you to do is to take that Helix sleep quiz, get matched with the right mattress for you, and because we're so enthusiastic, we've got a 20% off all mattress orders and they'll include two free pillows for our listeners when they go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon. This is their best offer yet and won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Okay, okay, so we're going to call. So we've got these people waiting now, so we're going to call. Are you Ooh. ready to do a couple calls with us, Rhonda? I'm ready. I didn't know we were doing calls. I'm yeah, so we're going to, and you should be able to see them too. Okay, so we're going to call. Okay. We're, we basically just give them advice. They're going to call them with a problem, and you just you just tell them to be the best at whatever they do. I think that is the <laughs> My message. first time doing an advice podcast. I love this. Okay, so we're going to call CC in Washington, D.C. CC in D.C. So she's never heard that. <laughs> hopefully she needs well you, you're good at love advice but you're all well i mean i don't know you just have like you know i, I think that having a good relationship is we have a good relationship we do cc i don't have my kimono down every time i fry you eggs uh natasha's <laughs> me either i have stuff kids unfortunately <laughs> i have to keep them stuck away Hi, oh. Cece. It's Natasha Moshe and our friend Rhonda Rousey here. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Great. Cece, are you are you the Halloween person? I am the Halloween why don't person. You go Wait, ahead how do you know that? And, why don't you go ahead and get that off your chest before we start with Rhonda here? I just feel like What's it'll be that? a good icebreaker. You'll find out. Okay, Rhonda, I have been obsessed with you. <laughs> like when I was in college especially and I went as you for Halloween one year, oh. I was taken for you one, as you one time in a Walmart. Somebody thought I was you. Oh, so, thank you. Thanks for supporting. Yep. Her mom also said, be the best at whatever you do. And what she wanted to do was be like mistaken for you in a Walmart. And she's the best <laughs> at that. Uh, so what's up, Cece? Okay. So, um, so basically I am like, so I'm in my twenties. I live in like a big city. I'm like, like not to brag, but I'm like pretty happy. Like I feel like things are good. good you just job, wanted to meet friend. Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I'm hanging out with Ronda <laughs> Rousey. Watching <laughs> Mosha tonight. Like, come on. Um, 
but I'm also like I feel like experiencing those growing pains of like kind of shedding old friends always somebody to have like a big group of friends tight with my family but like noticing my circle getting smaller so I'm curious if you guys have any advice like as you like go through these transition periods and you're kind of maybe being a little bit selfish and but also like coming into yourself like how do you hold on to like who you are and were but also like becoming who you are and who you're gonna be are you high (laughs) (laughs) what's this question was the question more about like your 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 shrinking social circle as you're getting older like and how to address that or what what is exactly the question yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like how to like not lose friends, like not be an asshole and like leave, like lose all these friends in your life. You need to well, work on your question. Well, Seriously. Well, like- are you losing friends because you're an asshole or are you just like falling out of touch over time? You okay. know what I mean? As people drift apart. Right. I think it's kind of, that's part of my question. Like, is it like an asshole move to be like, I think I'm outgrowing you. I love you. But like, how do I have... How- I have never dropped friends by telling them I'm going to drop them. <laughs> Personally. I am i don't like so let someone can... know like, hey, we need to have coffee. I just want you to know I'm shedding you, dude. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, it's like it's a gradual thing over time. And maybe that's not that. You would probably well, tell people in person. Though. There's no, different kinds of like friendships and relationships. I'm, I don't know where I heard this from, but there's friends for a reason, friends for a season and friends for the rest of your life. And. You know, sometimes people are just kind of passing through in your life. And the only reason that you are friends is that you happen to have this job or whatever that you see each other all the time, or there's some sort of external factor that's constantly bringing you guys together. And a lot of times when that external factor is taken away, you you just kind of lose touch with people. And, and that's fine. Like you can only really, what is the number? You can only maintain like 200 or something relationships max or something at a time or 20 i don't know it is there's a two it's 200 or 20 <laughs> 200 or 20 but i mean every single relationship that you have takes time out of your life to maintain and you're going to meet people more and more people throughout your whole life and you're just going to run out of time to spread be- between people and you know there's there's certain people that will make sure to not lose touch with you there's people that i would not speak to them anymore if they didn't put the effort into keeping in touch with me. Like one of my best friends from judo, we went to the Olympics at 17 together. I probably would have completely lost touch with her because we both played judo. She now works as a cop in Fort Worth, but she made sure to not let me father touch. You know, she would mm. text me and sometimes I would get busy when get back and still she would like hit me up like a couple months later. Like, what is that, Rhonda? Because I have friends in. like that too. And it's like, it makes me very appreciative for them, but I'm like, this, this was well, like on them. <laughs> yeah. I- yeah. But sometimes it's like that, that's what they bring to the relationship. They're like, okay. And I tell her all the time, thank you for having me fall out of touch. And because uh, I just, I, I'm like a text backer. I, I don't text people first, but I got too much fucking shit going on. And I don't sit around and be like, oh, I wonder who's going to up to. Like, I, I only do that maybe to like my best friend and my husband. I text you. I do text. I did text him first. Very he's he's waving a too big toothpaste in front of her. Uh, <laughs> just no, put I, the baby down. But I, yeah. I would add. I would add. As I've gotten older, I want to add one kind of friend to Rhonda to that really nice idea that you that you set up. The friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for the rest of your life. There's a fourth kind for me. 
in my Drug life. Drug dealer. <laughs> is a cocaine dealer. <laughs> and that's a person that's important to keep close to you. If you do cocaine as much as I do. No, it's friends that are nostalgia only. And... And those aren't friends. Those are people you should be shedding. Those are history friends. Mm. And that can be really difficult because the history becomes this kind of illusion where you're looking at the history and it's real and it makes you feel like you owe people a friendship and attention because you've had such a long uh, ex experience together, but you've grown apart and all that's left are these mutual experiences that aren't even really relevant to either of you. And so not to say you need to get rid of those people, but those are really difficult to accept. They have been for me, I should say, really well, difficult. I mean, are they like hounding you? You know, it's different if like someone that you knew in middle school, like hits you up like every single. No, one, this is know, like Wednesday. this is like Moshe's past life. Like they, they still, you know, when he comes back to a certain city, they still want to hang. Oh. But it's like he's kind of outgrown them a little bit in a way. And, and Moshe, you've gone through so many different, you know, with becoming so sober and you know he has many lives so I think mm -hmm. that's another thing and and I, I think it's really about how does a person make you feel because like there's some comedians I just love hanging out with them like they make me 10 times funnier because we're just like friends in that way or I don't know what it is like you know I'll always know them you know we don't talk every day but it's like they make me feel good and then the people who slowly like every time you see them they kind of start to make you feel bad after you see them those are the people and those are the feelings you really have to look out for and like really start to realize it almost like as a physical bruise or something and be like okay you know well they I really did get a lot out of that it was fun and this but like I can't do that very often and you know I think it's like important to just see how people affect you and what they bring out in you and I also think that and those are the most important people to keep around because you want to be strong you know I also think that in your 20 you're in you said you're in your late 20s now uh -huh. this is kind of a period if my memory serves of like transitioning into like next phase in terms of relationships and in terms of like a bunch of different things, in terms of career, in terms of yourself, your, in, your relationship with yourself, I think it's super normal at this age to be feeling like, huh, some of these relationships that were historical don't feel like they're serving me anymore. And I think Natasha's right. Making a grand proclamation that you're moving away from them, nobody wants that. But just yeah. like accepting that you're moving. You're moving in the world and that will never change. You're going to be moving for the rest of your life until you stop moving forever. And then your, all your relationships will be gone. But for now, I think like <laughs> don't judge yourself too much as you kind of move in the world. But I like what you're saying about that transition though because like in I guess my 20s, I had like not FOMO because I was doing a lot of stuff, but I, I wanted to do all of the things. I wanted to do like, I wanted to make all these great uh, like experiences and have all these cool memories and do all of the things. And I've gone from like FOMO into tired shit, you know, and I'm just <laughs> really tired of shit. And I've done all of the things. And in my 30s, I just, I just want to be comfy. I want to be cozy. I'm not going to be putting on a tight dress and a heels and makeup because I am uncomfortable you know and so i think that's also i don't know that everybody goes through that but i think just kind of priorities change of like you know you're in your comfy apartment you have your cool your job you have your friends and you know uh it's you're not putting yourself out there all the time it's not like you're not in the middle of all this stuff going on but you also kind of be like you know what i'm gonna be with this friend and that friend and this thing and have this you know really cozy thing on and kind of just like cut all the riff not the riffraff but like the filler out i guess that makes sense right. like the people that are really like cut your soul and like bring you joy in the friend closet of your life uh, is really like i don't know i think everyone just starts kind of 
figuring out what they like and just sticking with that because the 20s is about trying everything and the 30s is like okay I know what I like and this is that and that isn't everything you know and you look cool you have cool glasses I like that painting in the background nice abstract art pick your friends pick your favorites and just just ghost the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be a bridge too far, but I think it's, I think Rhonda's right. Like what you're, de- what you're describing Rhonda feels like to me, like not only are you having to accept that your relationships with others are changing, but you're having to accept that your relationship with yourself is changing, that you yourself are changing and you want different things. And we all want different things as we, as we get older. And it's, so it's, it's like all part of the process. And I lo- also, I love what you guys are all saying, which is like the relationships that really stuck around were the people in my, for me in my life that are really good at being my friend, that are, <laughs> they're, they're good at being friends. Mm-hmm. And, and they teach you how to be a friend sometimes yep. because you, you know, when you're like trying to come up in a really competitive field, sometimes, you know, and you don't have any time in any field, you know, but it's like you sometimes, yeah, like I, I, I text I just talk to my people in the same field way more than my friends who aren't in the same field. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's just important. I'll tell you what I don't miss. I don't miss uh, relationships where I'm like, oh yeah, that person sucks. And he's like kind of a toxic drug addict. But like, that's my friend though. Like that, those are gone. Like I'm good on, on that. Like right, everybody like around 20. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody around me now, I'm like, that's a good person. I want them in my life because I don't have time for that. Yeah. All right. Did we help you a little bit and you got to talk to your hero? Yeah, (laughs) got some help, got to talk to Rhonda. So thanks, you guys. Thank you. Okay, well, good luck. Thank you. Good luck ghosting your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Make some lunch lunch dates happening. I mean, I kind of, I, I, her question was a little scattered, but I kind of did relate to it. Like the articulation of like, oh, I'm becoming a actual grown up. And I'm still, I still have my, my toes in my kid life. Like it's that, that process is difficult and interesting. I th- I feel like, and you're right, Rhonda, you get into your thirties and you're kind of like, Oh, you know what? I, this is what I like. This is what I want. Yeah. Hey Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Do you ever have a subscription that you signed up for and completely forgot about? Uh, yeah, my inbox is littered with them. Well, I actually just discovered that I have over 5,000 minutes on a massage program that I signed up for. (laughs) Why didn't Rocket Money come into my life earlier? Because that is exactly what they do. They take care of stuff like that for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place and as dumb as i feel right now over 80 percent of people have subscriptions that they forgot about and chances are you're like me so just like that stars app that you signed up for to watch one show or that free gaming trial that you never actually use rocket money will take care of all of that quickly and easily over three million people have used rocket money saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. That's rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. Rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. Okay, well, Rhonda, I thought we gave her great advice, although I did kind of feel like she just wanted to meet you. I think that's possible. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. people have very general questions where well, you're let's like... Let's find out if our next caller is more specific. Uh, calling from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Tatiana. I liked her. I thought she, I thought we helped her. I think so, too. We were amazing. She's Everybody here was amazing. She's becoming a butterfly. 
Hello. Tatiana. Hi, how are you? Hi. You look so cool. I mean, this is like, I mean, a David Lynch framing, like the cat in the, is it a cat or a dog? Who even it's cares? And uh, this dog. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. I want to know everything about you, but. Wait, uh, is the flower on your wow, headphones? The, the, the velvet on the, ca- on the, on oh, the she bed? Oh, she has a velvet amazing. bed. And storage I, in the bed? It's a flower. I always okay. have a flower in my hair. I mean, you look cool. I have someone cuddle with your dog on that bed. That looks amazing. No one can deny that <laughs> your really life selling it. is obvious. You don't look like you need advice at all, but we will still ask, <laughs> how I, can I, I we help? I know. Advice. Yeah. How do I win as you are? <laughs> I just try. <laughs> oh, that, that actually would be good. So what's up? How can we help? So basically, I just want to know if there's something I can do to seem less intimidating to men. Yeah, change um, everything. <laughs> change everything about your aesthetics, your room, your everything. You got to change it just all. Fell off her chairs. Uh, I'm intimidated right now. Wrong. Okay, I'm sorry. Can I tell you something right now that you're gonna freaking hate? Don't tell her to get rid of the nose ring. <laughs> well, I'll just say it like it's fake. I, I, okay, because <laughs> I was just in Australia working on a job, and one what of the, job, Natasha, with Rhonda, and one of the actors on the show was like. That girl is so pretty, but why does she have a nose ring? Why do girls do that? And I had not even noticed her nose ring because I'm cool and I would never think, I don't know. I just don't think of that as anything other than like an earring. So wait, what what do you think that people are finding intimidating about you? So I'm pretty put together. I don't need a person. I, you know, I pay my own bills. I have my own house. I have a really good and fulfilling career. And it's just something I've got my entire life. My mom just taught me how to be very self-sufficient and <laughs> independent. And it's it's really difficult. I have no problem like having casual relationships, but as soon as the subject of dating or commitment gets involved, then they turn around and say, you know, that they're intimidated by me, that, you know, they're not as put together as I am. And I can be very you know, impulsive and kind of all into something. If if I want something, I kind of just get it. Mm. And I understand that it can be a lot if you're not there in your life. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties and I'm really kind of looking to start, you know, settling down uh, kind of, and uh, it's, it's just hard. I don't know where to meet someone who is secure enough to find my, you know, what my confidence, my put togetherness a pro instead of a con. Well, you really don't want the kind of guy that's that easily intimidated anyway, you know, exactly. so kind of self-betting in, in that way. And you shouldn't try to like shrink to make somebody else feel more comfortable, which is something that I used to do when I was younger. I'd be like, oh my God, I need to try and like be smaller around this guy so he doesn't feel emasculated. And, but, yeah, that's like, not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but when you find your person, you know what I mean? Like there, nothing on earth is going to stop them. It, it's not like, oh my God, this person is just absolutely amazing. But she has her own apartment. You know what I mean? That, that's not going to be a deal breaker for anyone. It sounds like a real bullshit answer from, from these guys. And, um, you know, good riddance. You don't want somebody that's easily intimidated by somebody that has their shit together. You don't want somebody that wants like somebody else that, doesn't have their shit together and needs to be dependent on them so that, that they, they know that they won't use them is because of you know outside factors other than them being worth staying with and so 
um i keep being fucking awesome and yeah i mean it's tough out there i i literally was at a point in my life where i'm like i'm fucking amazing what is going on here <laughs> like why, why isn't there a line out my door and uh listen even me at like the the, the current like the the most craziest like on the front page well you know like on espn body and all of that stuff being considered a sex symbol and all of these things it was tough out there because of that reason but it's also like you're not trying to date everybody you're not trying to end up with everyone you're trying to end up with your one person and it's just like keep being out there keep meeting people keep keep being open and don't have like like i never would hold past relationships against the next person you know what i mean like i i would leave myself open to get fucked over because i didn't want to be out and put that wall up and i can i can handle getting fucked over you know what i mean like i'm I'm not gonna live in fear of like oh my god what if this person screws me over and and then end up ruining that relationship because of that fear and so it's just like numbers game keep meeting people yeah they didn't have anything to do with the loser before them (laughs) <laughs> they're the, they're yeah. the new loser. They're the loser that's just arrived. <laughs> I mean, I what luck you have asking about how to deal with men that are intimidated by you with Ronda Rousey, or pro- perhaps the most intimidating woman, uh, uh, the UFC champion at the time. When you met Travis, you were the you were the champ at that point. I mean, that yeah. that doesn't get like, more intimidating couldn't, than couldn't be any more of like better in shape and better in a place in my life. <laughs> I mean, literally and, have like, a belt that but, says I'll beat you up. I mean, that's intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> but like I'll tell you, like when he started to fall head over heels for me, he like um came over to me and he asked me and he was like, Hey, could you show me like some takedown stuff or something like that? And I'm like, sure. And um I was showing him, I was like, Okay, so you're always like he was from this grip. He was like, There's a specific grip, it's called a wither. When you're like underneath and it was like, I was wondering if they take that. So it's like, yeah, sure. So you do this. And like, he like flew into the air and saw the lights and was like, oh my God. And in a second, he's six, seven, like 260, you know? And <laughs> I literally dumped him on his ass the second he like asked me, you know, what do you do from here? I'm like, I'll show you. And then he wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to be with her. He hit the ground and was like, I am in love with this person. Like, you know? And, but only my person would feel like that. All the other billions of people would hit the ground and be like, she's a bitch, I'm out of here. But, you know, it, you're not trying to be with everybody. And, like, just keep being you and keep being awesome. And, like, don't don't try to shrink or be less so that somebody else feels better about themselves, you know? Because, like, you're a person, when they see that about you, they're going to love and respect that about you as well and make them want to do more and not, like, feel like less of a man or something like that because if a woman has her shit together makes you feel like less of a man you're probably not much of a man to begin with I totally agree Tosh any thoughts I mean I think that is really that that really is what it is and I, I always say the same thing which is like make a list and like really know what is like your negotiable and non-negotiable and what is the most important thing to you and like like when I met Moshe he he really got excited when I was like, when I would do well on stage and I found it made him more attracted to me, you know, where I've had guys in the past who were like, you don't talk about me on stage. Hey. And they'd like get really uncomfortable if I was like performing and people were laughing and we get into a fight, you know, like I need, I like at the very least I need someone who would like really wanted me to be successful. And you know, it's like, you just have to really think about what you need from someone. And, and, and then if someone doesn't, isn't like that or has like red flags or whatever, like you got to get out of there. 
I would say that there's a certain type of man. My first instinct when you said that is that this is just bullshit. You know, that guys are always looking for any excuse to get out of a relationship they're not fully in on. And what Rhonda said is right. Like, when they're not in, they're out. Like, unless you want something (laughs) light and casual, then keep them around. But if they're telling you anything, just fucking... Don't let that information seep into your narrative about yourself. Like, oh, maybe I'm too intimidating. It's like, oh, no, that was just some another idiot that wasn't ready for commitment. I'm out. and Because that was me. I was that idiot for a long time, like looking for some excuse so that I would, you know, be able to say something on my way out the door. But like, there's a certain type of man who is uh, turned on, uh, but forget it's not turned on. It's like thrilled and excited by a successful strong woman I, it sounds like travis is definitely that man it's i definitely am like her i all i want is for natasha to be infinitely more successful than me and so far so good but anyway <laughs> so all i think is that you have to you just wait around and keep being yourself until you like it's not about like what am i doing wrong because these guys don't want me it's like just you haven't met the right person yet and i think Rhonda kind of basically said that just you just keep being your. I would listen. I would take down the uh, the uh, Nosferatu <laughs> lighting uh, in your in your bedroom just a little bit. But other than that, like, why would you ever change? If you change to find some guy, then you didn't find the right guy. You found some guy that's dating the person that you're pretending to be. So what's the point? I mean, just be that's you, true. and they'll come. They will come. All right. Well, did we help you a little bit, honey? You did. Thank you so much. I love all of you. All right. We love you too. You're pretty lovable yourself. You're, yeah, but you're a little bit, too, uh, there's a little bit too a much. much. Well, you're a little much, just a little successful. It's like, it's a little much for me to deal with. No, I mean, there's a guy out there that's going to be like, you got your own house? Fucking, that's amazing. I love it. You're such a success. Okay. I want to draft on that success. And when you go to a bar, if you can get 20% more, no, I guess I shouldn't say that. Go ahead. What? 20% <laughs> more of the pool who, because they don't like nose rings. I feel no, like there is nothing like about the nose face. ring. I'm not committed Natasha. to it. No, I'm <laughs> saying. Allergies act up. Take out your nose ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sometimes like my friend, he was like women or he's, he was tell me men didn't like bangs. And I was like, what? And like, he's like, seriously, men don't like bangs. And I, I, I was just, I mean, I just think there's certain things that men. That is just not true. I'm just saying if you're going to be a hetero, you got to like no. know that guys have these weird. No, no, no. no. Men All like right. bangs. They like nose rings. It's just that there are, <laughs> you have to find the ones that like what you're, what you are. You're right. You're right. And, you're right. Cause you don't want to be with someone who isn't into your style. The only thing I would say, the only thing I thought was if it's enough men in a row saying this to you. It's interesting because the message you're getting is, oh, I should change. And maybe there is something that you should change, but it's not about you. It's about the, maybe it's about the men you're picking. Why are you picking so many men in a row that aren't ready for the flavor that you're cooking? You know, (laughs) maybe you should be looking deeper into the guys that you allow into your life and say, what is, what is it with, with me that I'm, that I'm dating people that aren't ready for the commitment that I can bring to the table? That's just, uh, maybe, I I don't know. No, I think, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah, you're dating a bunch of fucking, you know, guys that aren't ready. Find some guys that are ready for a strong, yeah. strong woman with a flower in her hair. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck, honey. Thank you. All Thank right. you so much. Farewell. Bye. Was that Tatiana? Yeah, that was Tatiana. Ron- cute. Rhonda, you are a, a natural. I would say a natural. <laughs> you really, oh. she's, she, she can go, she can, you know help a sister out yeah she's got it all she she truly has it all and Rhonda um so our show aired last night um stars on mars should we talk about it a little bit i'll summarize it because this is how we were pitched we were pitched that we were doing a mars experiment 
where they're putting a bunch of which we found out later into like a makeshift like Mars habitat and we are going to be living in this habitat and only going outside to do missions that would be plausible in that kind of a situation. So that's what got me on board onto it because I'm kind of like a space nerd, like a like YouTube University kind of space nerd, not like I'm not going to NASA kind of a thing. But the whole time I was like, Mars back, you know, and I, I don't really get to express that side of myself because everyone's like, you punch people and take your clothes off, right? And I'm like, yeah, but I like space, you know, so it was kind of a, a, a nice left turn from the usual stuff I get to do. Did you, um, if you could bring your family, would you move to Mars? No. No, I would not. Do you have any desire to go to outer space? I mean, if they were going to like shoot me into orbit, like, yeah, I would, I would go into outer space. But I, I have a comment on that. Yeah. Mars makes no sense. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense to go there. Like if, if you should like. Was this her attitude? Go on to ther- have in, therapy. In the show? Speak in sense? Yeah. 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 She would speak a lot of sense in a nonsensical little world. Would you do it? <laughs> uh, no, honey, I would not go to Mars. But I would watch our show on Fox. Natasha Fridays. You want to see why she wouldn't want to go to Mars? Or maybe watch it's Mondays. On Mars and see why she didn't like it. I mean, Natasha straight up had the time of her life. She kept texting me how honestly she was texting me how awesome you were. Well, I knew how, that you knew who Rhonda was. And 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 just she just felt like just like you were saying you came over to Travis were saying all the Mars stuff. It felt like she had gotten enveloped into <laughs> not not like a straight up, uh, I wouldn't say cult, but um, perhaps a uh, an, an, an army squadron of of, of yeah. celebrities. In fact, it was so immersive. Like the first night, immersive, I was literally like crying word. alone in like my little bunk, being like, "Oh my god, everyone could like I couldn't get in and out of the bunk without making a bunch of noise. I heard everybody else's noise. I, I, I'm in my thirties. I like to be comfy, and it was the most uncomfy ever. And the last night I was there, I literally was like going to sleep with a smile on my face and like couldn't stop smiling. It's it, like, oh, who, someone said it the first day that we were, we were bonded by trauma after the first day. And we really like all clung to each other for, for comfort and support and it, like made everybody so close in such a short period of time. And I think like that was the part that I wasn't really expecting, I guess. And it like, read it it was because usually you're the relationships you have with people that you see all the time like coffee shop you know what i mean you see these people all the time but you're not really going through anything together not really facing adversity together and one thing i think that the show really did it gave us all something to bitch about together something in common (laughs) Common yeah that was so stupid (laughs) and we could all like kind of bond talking shit all day and like i don't know it was like a pressure cooker for like really amazing relationship formation and i like kind of geek about this stuff and all of these experiments that have happened before fall apart when they fall apart socially and i'm not good at like being safe of like make nice to people and so like i came in and i'm like okay the priority in this show is fucking harmony and i'm gonna get along with everybody and everybody's gonna get along with each other and if anybody's having friction with each other, I'm going to be like the, like the human lead that's just going to like get them all getting together again. And um, and so I, I came in there with that idea of like every single person here is a good person and just operated from there. And, you know, you have your presumptions about people that you hear about on 
you know, from whatever they're famous for. And I just completely dropped all of those assumptions was like, all right, all these people are great and they're going to see that I'm great. And then it ended up being great. I mean, it's more active. Yeah. Natasha, <laughs> Natasha, that's so interesting. You were the human lube because Natasha told me her plan was to be the human dildo. And so it's like, you, that's no wonder you guys got, Come got along on, so well. We were well, two pieces of pod. <laughs> How was it for you? Did you feel the same way? I Tosh? mean, it's funny because Rhonda's a fighter, but she's more articulate than me. Because so many friends have asked me about it, and I'm just kind of like, uh, uh, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, really. But it was, I guess, for me, just having COVID for two years, just being so, having that my social life kind of ripped away from me, and then after COVID, just having a kid and not being able to get it back, and like just not being able to like feel that again. And I think that that extreme experiment like where you're like put in a room with a bunch of people and even having coffee there's like you know two football players and and you know and Lance Armstrong in the morning like you know you have to talk to these people it it was just uh it, you know it was fun and uh, that- it definitely it, activated my social life again or something. I think it's so funny though yeah. that and I saw that from you Natasha I could feel that from you but it is very funny to be like after two years of COVID and lockdowns <laughs> I finally got my mojo back by being locked in a in a base with a bunch of people where we could only go outside if we were wearing a mask <laughs> it's weird though I got like a weird recharge from it like I I was so worn down from traveling every week and wrestling and having a baby and all this stuff and felt like rejuvenate rejuvenated after it word mm. after felt rejuvenated afterwards in a way and uh and i think it's somebody so that intense. i can't say because what sorry what's that oh i was gonna say because it was so intense like it was yeah. only three weeks I for mean, you or you know 10 days for I me but it was the intensity like because i do intense shit all the time right but i think it was some somebody who i can't say because spoilers um told me that like as a working mom you exist as only work and only mom and you, you just go back and forth with like, I'm working and I'm mommy and I'm working and I'm mommy. And because that mom guilt kicks in if you do anything other than work to, to get away from, from being a mom. And so I think that like forced me, and I don't want to speak for you to like, even though it was work in a way to stop working and stop mm-hmm. momming and just socialize with people in a small space. And at first it was so scary. And I'm like, already have like really kind of bad social anxiety that I never really talked about because I'm always like I'm the champ and nothing ever gets to me you know but it's it's not like social anxiety when I'm talking to people it's more afterwards and I like overanalyze it and stuff and then I'm just like I wish I never talked to anyone and did anything because I said this wrong and it like forced me because I think like you think about like Howard Hughes who got like to a point where he was like so affluent that he was able to enable all of his own neuroses to a point that it was extremely self-destructive. And I think I've got to the point where I've been able to enable my own social anxiety and just not be able to go out of my bubble and go anywhere and do anything. But it like forced me to, to be outside of that and be like, you know what? I love being around people and interacting with people and all this stuff. And I came home and I was like listening to music and stuff. And because I just realized how much I missed music when we were in there. Even if it's just Coco Melon all day long, you have music in your life. And <laughs> I came home and Travis was like, you listen to music and talk about all this Marshall. Like, what happened to you? Like, listen, I love the sound of music and just talking to people and how you do it. You know, it, it, like, yeah, it was a boost in a way. No, I, 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 you're more articulate than I am because I, that's what I meant to say. When I say intense, I just mean like 
it was almost like the feeling of not being able to do anything else, like concentrated, like you're immersive. together, immersive, you're sleeping together. You're right. Mm-hmm. You don't have your kid. And just like, I kind of like forget about my kid after three days. Like when I've gone around, <laughs> cause you, you, well, if I'm like in like a show where I'm like, you know, away, I just start to forget. And then I'm just like back in my own world again. And you're right. It's like to get a break from being a mom, like coming home every night, you know, it, it is kind of like summer camp. Well, I will say that from my perspective, it was 10 days with just me and our daughter and Natasha would be texting me. She's like, I don't know what to do. They didn't eliminate me, but I feel <laughs> bad now because, you know, Marshawn and Portia, they're drinking. They, they're upset, at the, but, you know, and they, they were having these Hennessy parties, but Ronda Rousey and Lance Armstrong were over here in this thing. And I was just like, I haven't had a conversation with another adult in two fucking weeks. Like I've only talked to a pediatrician. That's the only adult I've spoken to. Like she, she was under all this pressure, but I was like, you're having the fucking time of your life. But anyway. Uh, well, Rhonda, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you have uh, your hu- thank you to your husband for yes. putting your child to bed so you could do this. And uh, I'll see you. I'll see you at the premiere party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm, so I'm wearing a Martian, a Mars theme theme. You are. Yeah. I was like, it's Mars. So I'm like, do red. But it's like, like the god of like corn and all this stuff and like fire sign Aries. I don't know. It's- oh, are we going to meet the doctor tomorrow? Not Dr. Brown. Oh, yeah, no, no, I was like Dr. Demar. So I'm thinking my mom. No, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna meet like, the oh, PhD doctor. himself. Oh no, you're you're <laughs> meeting the PhD and Ronda Rousey's. Watch Stars on Mars on Fox. Uh, it just it just aired, and uh, it is the greatest thing you'll must, ever know. Must see TV. Indeed, Rhonda, Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Okay. Bye, hun. 